Hi, heathens. Welcome to this week's episode. We're really glad that you've joined us again. Um, Today's episode, it's fun. It's interesting. Uh, We, part of it's in a car while we're driving down a freeway. That's actually the noise you're hearing in the background right now. We're still in the car. We're still in the car. Um, But we just wanted to say right up at the top, uh, let you know, we're going to be talking about some sensitive sexual assault uh, issues and topics in this episode. Um, Nothing crazy explicit or anything like that, but... um, we do get into it and uh it's 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 the focus of a lot of what we talk about so we want to put that out there right now as a trigger warning uh so that you know uh you that that you're empowered to make a decision for yourself about whether or not this is an episode for you so please feel free to skip it if uh, you feel like it might not be a good space for you to enter into Uh, otherwise we're really glad that you're here with us and enjoy the conversation Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. And I'm Karen Thurston. Welcome to Heathen. All right, this is how we're going to do this. You ready to drive home? Can you see me? so dark. No. (laughs) This is the spookiest podcast we've ever recorded. This isn't the Ouija episode. Karen Thurston. Hi. What's going on? Oh, I'm Instagramming. It's really important. Hold on a second. <laughs> All right. Now I can focus. Oh, my word. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're having a terrible night. Uh, just horrible. It's been the worst. I cannot believe how bad this night has oh, been. Oh, like nothing good has happened. I mean, first of all, we're stranded in Hollywood. Where are yeah. we? East Hollywood? <laughs> North Hollywood? Yeah, you are asking such the wrong person <laughs> if you're expecting an accurate answer to that question. We are somewhere, we are in, Hollywood. somewhere in Hollywood. I can speak to that because we're near, oh, we're near the Hollywood sign because we're surrounded by signs that yes. say, don't try to get to the Hollywood sign from here. Don't park in our neighborhood. There's no Hollywood sign right, access. You That's can't. what it says. So, so we're legitimately in Hollywood. We're somewhere yeah. very close to the Hollywood I mean, sign. We could be like, Famous people could be just walking down the sidewalk. We're sitting in front of Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson's house. And they don't appreciate it. No, they do. They're very nice. I, is that the cops? They call the cops on us. Yeah, but they mean it in the nicest way. <laughs> They're just the kindest. They're the kindest about it. This um, is so fun. <laughs> okay, wait. First of all, hi. Welcome to Heathen. Hi, Heathens. Hi, Heathens. <laughs> um, we have a new thing that we should mention, and that is our Facebook group, our secret Secret Heathen Huddle. Yep. Facebook group. For you, you heathen listener, can be in this group and contribute conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly, this is a fairly one-sided conversation most of the time. Yeah. We talk a lot. (laughs) Y'all listen a lot. Exactly. This is your opportunity to flip the script. Mm -hmm. You can talk. We have to listen. And respond. Yeah. It's Otherwise, great. if we don't, you're going to think that we're jerks and you're not going to listen to the podcast anymore. So we're really being held to a high standard. That's fair. Actions yeah. have consequences. That's true. We should listen. And we also, we really do want to hear what you have to say. We 100% um, do. I I wasn't like super into the idea of a f- private fa- secret Facebook group for Heathen because like there's so many secret Facebook groups out there. And I was fair. like, do we need another one? But then we did it, we made it, and now there's like people in there that, you know, I haven't actually met face to face. Right. But they they're there and they yeah. want to talk. It's so cool. Yeah. It's also like a good mix, I feel like, of my people and your people too. Mm. Like and I kind of like them being in the room together, which yeah. is which is real cute. I've been watching as people are adding, I'm like, oh, oh, you're gonna oh, you're gonna like oh yeah. Bring in people together. That's gonna be nice. Let's let's get together. It's not how that song goes. <laughs> I know. I, I made it go faster because I didn't want there to be a big pause. Oh, but it's like stay instead of get. And then oh, stay together. I got really confused because I was like, wait, I, never mind. Listen. <laughs> We've been singing different songs on it. <laughs> okay. So what's happening right now is we're sitting in Karen's car yeah. in Hollywood. Correct. We just attended a taping of a stand-up comedy special. Mm. 
by my absolute favorite stand-up comic, um, a person who's actually like probably my biggest hero right now at this point in my life. Aww. And it's interesting because I, I, I didn't know about her a year ago. Really? Yeah. No, yeah. I, d I didn't know. So it's Cameron Esposito. Cameron Esposito! <laughs> is the person. And I honestly don't... Oh, I do know. I do know where I learned about her. It was in an article in Entertainment Weekly. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had you an read, article. Wait, you read Entertainment Weekly? Just like regularly? Listen. <laughs> like you just read articles about people you don't know in Entertainment Weekly? <laughs> Is this a thing people don't do? Am I, I don't know. I can't be. They have a magazine. I don't do it. So Lots clearly, of people. That means no one does it if no. I don't do it. No, they, it's a magazine. So somebody's reading it. I'm not the <laughs> only person subscribed to Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> um, listen, anyway... Um, yeah, so Entertainment Weekly had an article about her new podcast that was coming out, oh. uh, which is Query, Query, which I've mentioned on the show, we've talked about on the show. Yeah. Um, I love this podcast. I love the host. So, turns out, Cameron Esposito is not just a podcast host, though. She has a whole history of stand-up, and she's been doing it for a long time. She's phenomenal. Yeah. So, I kind of got into her work and have, like, basically been obsessing about her for a year. Yeah. And I saw... On her social medias, uh, a post announcing a live taping of her new 60-minute um, act called dot, 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 Rape Jokes. Sounds hilarious. Mm, yeah, exactly what you want people right. to think when they're coming oh. to a comedy show. Good? Y yay? Like, e empowerment? Like, yay? We? I, I, <laughs> Um, <laughs> so obviously I could not, I couldn't miss it. <laughs> Clearly. Like, obviously. <laughs> because we're in Hollywood right now right. on a Thursday night at like, yeah. I don't know. Well, so I got a text message on Monday. Mm -hmm. Was it Monday? It probably was. was. Yeah. And you were, you said, do you want to go do, and I feel like you gave me one sentence of information on this. Yeah. Do you want to go see Cameron Esposito? Do a show called Rape Jokes. On our usual podcast recording night um, in L.A., there and back in to, the same night. To which I said, absolutely, I do. Because <laughs> I know anything that is even a slight deviation from the norm, I'm in. <laughs> yes, let's drive to Los Angeles. It'll be great. I don't care what we do. Did I say Las Vegas? I don't know. Did you? I feel like I said Las Vegas. It'd be way more fun if we were in Las Vegas yeah, right I now. meant Los Angeles. Yeah. If I said Las Vegas, I meant Los LA Angeles. L.A. is so close to home, it's not even yeah. fun. But Las Vegas, that would be exciting. Yeah. Well, next time. <laughs> Guys, we're live from Vegas! <laughs> it's amazing. Next time. Um, I have listened to Query a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know that Cameron Esposito was like a person outside of query i mm. only know her as the host oh yeah yeah, yeah. podcasters for her involvement in the podcast so um she was completely unfamiliar to me until tonight mm. so this was fun for me so it was really eye-opening yeah well now because i agree with you she's fantastic um yeah so we came to this thing we came to this thing it's in hollywood in this tiny theater that yeah. is the size of some people's closets yeah ucb uh, upright citizens brigade like home of amy poehler at all yeah yeah, it's a rad little spot, but it's real yeah. small. And we got here relatively late, which means the only seats that were left were, like, the front row. Like, not, no. No, okay, okay. Well, hold on. Right. <laughs> Dial it back, rewind. It was not the front row. The front row was, like, the front row, you know, on the floor. Yeah. These were Honest. actual, like, chairs, folding chairs Yeah. on the stage. On the stage. So... Like, Five feet away. And then from. it was the front row of the stage seats. <laughs> so there was a rug, a carpet in the middle that was just, I don't know, five by seven. This is very specific detail that I'm getting into. <laughs> There's a carpet on the stage where the mic stand was mm -hmm. and a stool. Mm -hmm. And then I think there was a water bottle. Yep. Very descriptive. <laughs> Let's paint the full picture. And as and then like like two feet back from that rug is where this row of seats. Yeah. Is. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it felt very much like at any moment, like before people came out, it felt as though we should probably stand up and like warm up the crowd. I know. So we were like 
in our light. No, we, like, yeah, the I spotlights found, were on I us. Found my light. I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, so I was ready. I was ready to get up there and be like, "Well, thanks for coming. Hi, heathens. <laughs> thanks for coming to the live recording of my <laughs> podcast. We've arrived. We should have done that. I wonder what they would have done. <laughs> we would have gotten kicked out and not enjoyed the show. So I'm Maybe. glad we did it. I mean, you never know. You never know. Um, but then they were filming this, so now we're sitting. We're sitting on the stage. Mm-hmm. feet away from mm. my hero teeny little cami esposito as who, she uh as she self-describes tiny lesbian yeah she's pocket size which is like adorable um and also i'm glad we weren't standing because then it would have been funny <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry you're small we're tall people um but she yes yeah, so we were right there and then we're being filmed so i don't know about you but i'm very mm. aware of my mm-hmm. face the whole time oh me too yeah and then like my face was hurting because i was like holding my face in like (laughs) camera ready face position the whole time which is kind of blue steely but then laughing and i'm like this is (laughs) i'm gonna have jaw issues for a few days now and it's gonna be fine i just made sure i was like widely grinning the entire time which is gonna look i'm gonna look like a complete psychopath standing up there just like yeah. yeah, gazing into my hero, grinning madly. It's going to be real fun. <laughs> yeah, but that enthusiasm got you somewhere. <sighs> this was the best night. We started off saying this was the worst night. It's not. That was a joke. That was, just, that was, that was irony. Yeah. No, I don't know if that was irony. It, it was, was sarcasm. Sarcasm it is was, the right word. It was false. <laughs> Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> because this was the best night because I connected. I made yeah, a connection. You had a moment. I did. She... She she made a joke. She made a very elaborate long joke that involved um I don't want I don't want I'm not going to uh I'm no, I'm not going to tell you because it's her material and, and you've got to get it. You need to go buy or pay for or rent or whatever this stand up special when it comes out. Yeah. And watch it for yourself. But also she made it a, Also cuz it's going to a good cause this yeah. thing. She's oh, selling oh, it totally. for like a great yeah. cause. Yeah. The proceeds are going to rape crisis uh intervention and prevention, I think. Um but anyway, suffice it to say, there was a joke that I got a kick out of, and she noticed. <laughs> <laughs> she noticed, and she pointed at me and said, you liked that joke. And I said, yes, I did. And then she said, you're adorable. <laughs> and so my night was made right then yeah, and there. Yeah, Matthew changed colors, and then you stayed that way for the <laughs> remainder of the evening. And it was so great. And I almost, I wanted to pull out my phone and take a picture so badly. It was so good. But then we had it. Was, that was it, and it was a good like that was a good moment. It went on because then like you were laughing, and then you kept laughing, and then she was laughing at you, laughing like they had a full moment. Did we really? Gosh, I yeah, just I, you I, did. I, I totally did like kind of blind. Yeah, just... I was in my body for this moment, and so <laughs> I will be your witness because that was that was legitimately a moment, uh, and it was adorable. Her calling you adorable, the whole thing was adorable. Mm. Um. So I'm really glad. I'm glad that we wound up in the middle of the freaking stage. Yeah, me that's, too. It's where all the life, the action happens. Yeah, thank, and thank you, Karen, for putting us there because oh. I, I would not have picked those seats. Karen will put herself as near the spotlight <laughs> as possible at any time. Um, apparently goes into third person weirdly. <laughs> um, no, and she was delightful. Like that was that's the hardest I've laughed at a comedy show. Oh, for sure. Very long time. And it's so good. We were saying she's so good because she just she just is funny. Like the material is good. Mm-hmm. Her material is very funny. Like good is not a good enough word. It is extraordinarily poignant yeah. and funny and intelligent and just on point. But she also is just funny, which I feel like so many comedians are lacking. Um, mm-hmm. But just, she's just, just in... so likable. Yeah. Yeah. She's a uh, you're just, she's magnetic. You're just drawn. Yeah. She's great. Um. So you heathens are like, what? What the hell is this episode? Like, what? The, this, what, what are they doing? What does this have to do with spiritual com- conversations for the godless and uh, apostasy and all that wonderful stuff? Deconstruction. So, I mean, part of why I'm so drawn to Cameron Esposito is because of her her spiritual story, which I've gotten in snippets here and there in just a variety of places where she's kind of hinted at it or told told parts of it along the way. Um, and I am, I'm just, I'm, it's my absolute goal right now to get her on Heathen. Like, that's yeah. the goal because I really want to talk to her about her, her full experience and her full story. Just the, the quick and dirty is she was raised Catholic, uh, 
she, as in her own words, got Catholicier. Yeah, in college. <laughs> in college, she yeah. was training. She she wanted to be a priest, obviously knowing that that was not a, a an option for her due to her sex. Um, but um, she's now not Catholic. Right. <laughs> um, Which makes her one of us, really. Yeah. She's in the club already. Yeah, she has a, a great heathen story. And so it's it's she tells parts of it in queries. She's done parts of it in her stand-up um, and on other podcasts that she's guested on, I've heard. So I'm just I'm really I'm really eager to get her on Heathen to have her tell the whole story in one in one sesh. Yeah. So that's um that's the goal. Cameron Esposito. We're tagging you in this. Um Matthew but he was adorable. <laughs> and I mean, what more do you need? I feel like that's enough. Yeah, we had a moment. Yeah, it was a good one. But we did want to talk tonight, just briefly. So the other thing about this particular episode is it's probably going to be a little shorter than usual. Right. Well, we're yeah, we are we are restricted by our limited technology. Yeah, the, we have a, a laptop that's running on a battery in a car. In a car. <laughs> <laughs> so we have what's the percentage? Eighty-seven percent left. Right now we're looking pretty solid, yeah, but it's, it's looking all right. started at a hundred. Yeah. It hasn't been long. No. Um, also, side note, the best part of this for me is when people walk past us because we're just <laughs> sitting, we're just sitting on the side of the road talking into microphones in a dark car. And like, I can only imagine what is going through people's heads as they like pretend not to be looking at us. Right. I'm like, hello. No, it's fine. It's LA. This is par for the course. This is so normal this here. It's just Come what on. everyone is always doing in Los Angeles. What's your plan with that? I don't know. I'm trying to get the map so I can see it. Cause here's the thing. We don't want to get home at like 2 a.m. So we're actually going to drive. We are. We are. So if you <laughs> I'm gonna still start pray, the car. Havens, maybe pray now. <laughs> now would be a great time uh, to find Jesus again. Hallelujah. Oh, no, you can't talk to me, Google. You guys are going to know exactly where we are, but it will have been days <laughs> since we were there by the time you hear this. That's true. So, so don't try to stalk us. Oh, my word. How do I mute it? There it is. I am... Not muting sure. you Your phone is all weird okay it makes nonsense now it's me. just a map and it won't okay do you want me to hold your microphone or are you gonna be okay i there, honestly kid? think i got it like you only need one hand to turn I'm a steering nervous wheel at all the good news is if you crash my car i think i make more money off of the insurance than the car oh. is actually worth so that's exciting news indeed. yeah so feel free except keep us alive <laughs> don't worry Would be i'm great. not gonna crash us but we are gonna drive so sorry for whatever extraneous noises happen you guys but this is a heathen first. It's sorry, mobile. No, sorry, it's kind of an adventure. Heathen to go. Guys, I feel like this feels exciting. What's great is it's not going to feel that exciting when you're listening to it because you're not. <laughs> you're just going to be listening to oh, two crazy people. Just, I mean, you might also be in your car. So really, this is probably like the most oh, yeah. similar. Like you're probably not usually sitting around a table listening to podcasts. You're usually, I'm usually in the car or walking somewhere. So like this is the closest we've been to having to sharing an experience together yes so we're all true. in the car together it's gonna work out great it's gonna be awesome um we maybe should come up with a plan for what else we want to talk about well i think we just wanted to i mean the the topic here <laughs> rape jokes um obviously we're talking about sexual assault and kind of the me too movement and what's going on in the world right now yeah um we have a series upcoming called sexisodes yeah it's fun to say. uh it is fun sexisode Sexisode. uh we've booked our first um sexisode. guest to <laughs> what <laughs> what well everyone's not singing the same song as me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works on so many levels. But you guys, we're, I just need to point out that we're driving by the Scientology Celebrity Center right now. Hi, Tom! I don't even understand. Tom! It's really cool, actually. Like, the building is cool. I, I don't just, know what that means, but... I if, don't understand a religion that has to have a designated, like, wing for its celebrities. I'll tell you what, though. If I were a celebrity, I would be impressed with those accommodations. It's a cool building. I guess. But I, I mean, guess if I pay that much money to be part of a religious group, they damn well better provide me with pretty, yeah. a pretty headquarters. What was it? Celebrity? <sighs> celebrity Center? Center. Celebrity Headquarters. Yeah. Celebrity, the Celebrity Headquarters of Scientology. Ooh. Um, Guys, I... I don't. I like LA so much today. I'm really. No, I'm usually pretty hit or miss with LA. I either, I either feel like it's magical or the worst place in the world. And today it's magical. There's a color changing wall. 
in front of me with the little guy moving we're, stuff. We're getting so much done on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're covering so much. Okay, so we've got upcoming yes. sex episodes. We've booked our first guest. We're going to um, go through a series of... Man, sex has got to be like one of the biggest... Um, Most fraught. Yeah, handicaps, yeah. For, for lack of a better word, in, in terms of growing up evangelical or growing up in any kind of conservative religious tradition um it's the yeah fraught it's the thing that carries the most baggage and the most weight and has the most um taboo uh you know tabooism around it yeah and for a lot of us i mean i I can't speak for everyone but for a lot of us for me certainly has been the thing that causes the most damage Mm. and anxiety and like I mean we talk a lot about all of these things that you know we look at alcohol or we look at tarot cards or whatever and feel Mm. awkward about it but there is no more intimate awkwardness than feeling othered in this particular area of life like it's a it is a, a a really deeply personal and important and shame-ridden place to feel different and othery and um like I don't know just outside of the norm like it's an uncomfortable uncomfortable feeling and um I think a really common a really common struggle uh for a for a lot of us is just trying to figure out like what the hell to do (laughs) To, to feel good and positive about yeah. sex and empowered and solid. One hundred percent. It's um. We're on the freeway. <laughs> we're on the freeway. I merged successfully. You did it. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Sexual assault is probably not the greatest entry point. <laughs> no. There's probably a lot of ground we could could cover first and will. Um. But this is, you know, like I said, this is going to be a shorter episode. I just wanted to basically get the ball rolling and um i have zero experience with sexual assault hmm. um i i think to the best of my knowledge i have zero experience with sexual assault good that's good uh i guess yeah that's a yeah, good thing obviously not i guess right. yeah it is a good thing um so everything i know is purely secondhand mm-hmm. purely what i would have witnessed in um entertainment and media um and what i would have heard from friends uh that said i have a lot of friends uh who who have first-hand experience um more than i ever would have imagined growing up in uh the christian world i grew up in right i i thought sexual assault was a really just remote uh, awful, horrible instance um, that that was not not a common thing to most people. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say my eyes have been open to that. I mean, long before the Me Too movement, just through the people I've known. But Me Too has just been another uh, awakening for me as well. Like yeah. um, one one thing that Cameron really touched on a lot tonight was. <sighs> talk the need to talk about um the need to see all of the stories of sexual assault not just the ones that tend to make the headlines um or tend to be the um plot points of our you know favorite crime dramas which are the the really like horrific brutal kind of violent sexual assault stories obvious like this is clearly yeah yeah um because that's Maybe some of those might be, I don't even want to say this, I don't know if they're more the outliers. They probably aren't, but but probably more common still than, than the violent incidents uh-huh. are incidents of sexual assault that are still still just as like emotionally <laughs> violent, right? but maybe not as, as physically violent. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't... I, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with any of this. Well, <laughs> but, well, and that are these are the thoughts in my head right now. I like, I like it. I like it. That are that are. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> my little squirrely brain is like 
because we're moving around and there's stuff to look at. Like I'm like focusing, but I'm like, ooh, storage facility. Like why the fuck storage do I care? Since so this is the first time in my life I've ever been like, oh, how compelling a storage facility. And yeah, here we are because I'm trying to do two things at once. So I'm now super distractible. Um, well, and I think I think for me, like what the Me Too movement and and uh, you know sort of the conversations around that have really brought to light is how how deeply entrenched in our culture and society misogyny and you know mm. kind of low key sexual assault yeah um, and the separation I think like socially acceptable socially acceptable and like the separation for women from their bodies and that sort of thing um, and uh, and you know when Me Too started my initial reaction was like oh well I haven't I don't have any like glaring mm. episodes of sexual assault in my past. I, I have not been raped. Uh, I have not, you know, but then when uh, the stories start coming out, I start going, oh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, me too that, sure, and me too this. And then you start to kind of realize how much we've just normalized so many of these things mm. and how much I have normalized like my body being touched when I don't want it to be touched or um, spoken about in a way that I don't particularly appreciate or you know whatever but like I it's so the what you do in that situation is you disarm it you smile and you yeah, you do the thing you need to do and you go oh, thank you and then you go away but you do what you need to do to appease because so making the offender feel better, right? Is more that, or less. Is that part of because that? that is easier than getting into a confrontation. And you don't know if this person is dangerous or threatening. So there's a fear reaction that happens immediately where you go, okay, I'm very uncomfortable in this situation. I am in a situation I don't want to be in. By far, the best way to get out of that situation quickly is to smile, say thank you, and run. Mm. Like, just walk quickly away. Um, that is... Because oftentimes if you push back or if you argue, like, you know, then you're going to, it incites an yeah. incident, you know, yeah. and then you wind up, um, you know, getting yelled at or whatever. So I think that the default that a lot of women go to almost every time that I've been in a situation where I've been touched away, I didn't want to be touched or spoken to in a way I didn't want to be spoken to is to laugh it off and smile and kind of just get myself out of the situation. That's always been my reaction. Hmm. Um, and then to the point where like, that's so ingrained in me that I can go back and think about those situations and be like, oh, it wasn't a big deal. Like I've laughed it off so deeply <laughs> that I'm just like, oh yeah, uh, that's the yeah. thing that happened. No big deal, I'm sure he meant well, you know, <laughs> which when you start really looking at that, you, it's been eye-opening for me to realize just how pervasive it all is and how deep in us it is and how I've participated in it, yeah. you know, in, in a way. Um, and it just feels like that's just, that's part of being a girl growing up in the world is you're going to get your ass grabbed when you don't want to. Wow. And, you know, if you go to a club, like I just don't go dancing at crowded places because like it's, just inevitable that you're gonna wind up being grabbed somehow that you don't want to be and that's just not it that doesn't feel like a safe place to be if mm. you don't want to be touched so yeah it's a it's an interesting it's such an important conversation so I loved when she was talking about it. I feel like that um that is a really important it's the the things that don't look like the obvious Right. There are things we can all point at and say, yes, bad, bad. That is bad. Mm -hmm. And it's the things that we're like, oh, oh, well, those are the ones that I think. Yeah, it's not as obvious that your agency has been kind of violated or taken away from you. But mm -hmm. but when you when you acknowledge the the um, when you lay it out, stark black and white, like here's what happened. Like I was touched. I didn't want to be touched. Yeah. Like, or, you know, this was said to me, I didn't ask for that. I didn't solicit it. You know, those kinds of things that, that happen on a really frequent basis. Yeah. I mean, on a, on a daily basis, 
I mean, that it is rare that I'm out in public moving around through the world mm. on a day where I don't have at least somebody comment on something. Um, yeah, and and so to be like completely like upfront and honest, like the reason I said I don't I don't think I've ever been involved in an incident of sexual assault. I'm saying that like from both sides of the coin, like yeah. as a victim, I don't think I've ever been victimized in that kind of a way. Hmm. Um, and also, I don't think I've ever done that to somebody else. But here's the thing, yeah. I like. I've experienced a like a, a, a paradigm shift over in the recent years when it comes to this stuff. And I mean, the thing is, I was so sexually repressed right. <laughs> growing up and in my twenties, um, and frankly, all the way to my early thirties, uh, that I think just any anything related to any kind of any, any anything sexual was so taboo and off the table. Like, I don't, that's why I don't think there was anything. But I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what lines I might have crossed um, without being aware because I wasn't aware. Like, this wasn't a conversation that we had socially, in our family, in our churches, nowhere. Right. Like, I've never had this conversation before, uh, before recent years. So, um, I got to do something here. What is this? Five South? Is that what it says? Yes. Do it. Cool. Do the thing. <laughs> Um, jumping back to the whole, like, well, I just think about, I, I remember reading something a while ago, a couple years ago, probably about, um, young children and how even with like close family friends or family members, um, like the, the goodbye with a young kid, right? Like yeah. a lot of times the parent will be like, don't you want to give uncle Matthew right. give grandma a kiss? A kiss or, yeah, whatever. Um, or give him a hug, a goodbye. And the kid's like, no, no, yeah. I don't. Like they retreat into mom. Um, the body language is tell is, says it all. Like, no, I don't want to do that. It's happened with my niece. Like, right. she, she, like whatever in the moment, like that's not what she wants. And, and I have always felt weird in those moments mm-hmm. when a parent is insisting kind of insisting that, yeah. like out of politeness like out of social decorum for my benefit so that I feel loved I guess or that I feel like part of things um, or worthy of this child's right. goodbye kiss or hug um, it's just a weird place to be in and I've always felt that and kind of known that in my body but it's just something that I've played along with yeah. because that's what we do like the, the parent pushes the kid towards you and you, and you get the kiss or you give the hug right. and um, it wasn't until just a couple years ago reading about how that is an example in our society and culture of how we um, start at such a young age with telling kids that their body the choices about their bodies are not theirs to make right like they're they are obligated <laughs> to um, to sacrifice things that they, they, they don't want to um, for the benefit of other people. Like, that really blew my mind when I read this article. I, I don't even know what it was um, a while ago. And it just, it, it I, I now, I'm hyper aware of that now when I'm with friends who have kids um, or family who have kids. I'm like, no, like, if, if, if the answer's no right away, I'm like, it's fine. Totally I'm good. Okay. I don't need yeah. it. I love you. I love you from afar. The like, fist bump <laughs> is nice for this one. Yeah, I was like, who wants absolutely. a fist bump? Because kids are into those. Yeah. Potato French fries. It's just crazy to to realize that that is part of it. Like, that's part, oh, yeah. of, part of the cycle and the problem. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that, there is, yeah, there's definitely messaging that goes on. And I think especially, I mean, I can only come at this from my perspective, which is growing up girl in the Christian church. Yeah. Shout out to Kate for writing beautiful pieces around Ugh. growing up girl. By the way, if you're not following... Let's let's link to that. In yeah, the show we'll notes. link to it. Oh, she's changing my life. That one with her freaking wisdom on this topic. But um, my perspective is growing up girl in the church, and the messaging, you know, it, it, it's it it is subtle in a lot of ways like that, and then it's also really blatant that like your body does not belong to you. Like mm. your body belongs to. We've talked about this. Your body belongs to God. Then it belongs to your 
your dad kind of is the boss of you. He's the owner of you until he hands you off to your husband. And then your body belongs to your husband, which um, for, for me, through no fault of my partner's, for me, that sense of obligation has been one of the most damning things sexually. Just feeling as though I don't, I am owed. I am a, a, a traded commodity, more yeah. or less. And like part of my job, my job as a woman is to give myself in my pure form, <laughs> in my, my pure untapped form. Wow. Um, to give myself as a gift and to willingly just be willing to give myself away and give myself away and give myself away. And I didn't have ownership of myself. You can't give away something that you've never owned. Like I didn't, I didn't. My God, yeah. I didn't have my body to give away. Like I was so disconnected from my body to begin with because I just, I didn't, I, I had no clue. And so just now, just now am I finally getting to the point in my life where I am starting to own my body as part of my person and recognize that she belongs to me and that she gets to make choices and have a say and like even if my brain says this is what you're supposed to be doing if my body says no that's it that's the end of the game like we're not gonna go there yeah um and to trust that, to trust my physical instinct, to trust when my body says yes to something and when my body says no to something instead of writing that off and telling myself again and again that my body is evil and dirty and wrong and doesn't know what it wants and I have to override it to be nice, to be polite, to be good, to be fulfilling my obligation, to be a worthy person I don't know uh, I can't even imagine the number of uh, like just yeah the sheer number of moments in human interaction that that like reinforce that notion because they must be it must be just everything like it just must be every part of human experience when you come into the world as a woman no man uh, just reinforces that I can't even imagine it's funny like the places where it's really glaring like we traveled this Last fall, my best girlfriend and I went to Morocco Mm -hmm. um, for like two and a half weeks on our own, the two of us traveling through Morocco. And it was interesting. I was talking to Noel about it a lot at the time. And I was like, when you plan trips, because he's traveled internationally alone, like when you travel, like, do people ask you, because the first thing that everybody responded to is, are you going to be, are you going to be okay? That was the response. Like, oh gosh. Are you going to be safe? Are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? Two women traveling alone. That's the big deal. And like, I understand the concern and I understand. Yeah, I get where that all comes from. But it was so frustrating to me that like, that that was a thing. The fact that like, we're going on this trip and like, the main conversation around it is whether or not we're going to be safe on this trip. And I'm like, this shouldn't like we should be able to move through the world. Like we should just be able to move through the world and not have to. Like I hate, I got very angry because I hated that I had to think so yep. hard about making sure that we were going to be safe the whole yeah. time. And we weren't. It's maddening. There were things that happened that shouldn't have happened on that trip. There were places where the, the lines were definitely crossed and yeah. where we were touched in ways we didn't want to be touched and where we were put in situations that were not ideal. Um, and we're fine. Like, we're okay. Nothing cataclysmic happened. But there were plenty of things that happened along the way that weren't okay, that shouldn't have happened, and that wouldn't have been a factor in our experience if we had been two men going on that trip. Yep. Just wow. wouldn't have factored in. It wouldn't yeah. have had to be something that we would have had to think about or be concerned about or whatever. And that's it's frustrating. It's frustrating that, that that's a thing. It's frustrating the number of times... I've been pulled into a hug or a cheek kiss or something that I didn't want to be part of and just, I'm frustrated with myself for being complicit in those situations too and for not advocating for myself, for not pushing back, which is not, that's not to say that that's the way that I should feel or that's the way that anyone else should feel. Um, But I wrestle also with that. I wrestle also with the frustration with myself for Mm. taking 
taking the, the way out that feels easiest, but also doesn't do anything to confront the problem. I nice my way out of it all of the time. Ugh, but it's like, I hate that the burden, the, I just don't even, I don't even have to say, say this that hasn't been said a gazillion times before, but it's just the burden to change it falls on the people who carry the weight already. Like, across the board. Across, yeah, yeah in every, in every kind these... of oppression. Yep. <laughs> like, that's what happens. Right. And it's awful. You're already doing so much work. And then you have to stand up and, like, challenge society's norms. Right. Like, why? Ugh. Right. Yeah, and that I think that's, that's where, like, intersectionality and um, empathy and all of those things, like, in a way, that understanding, I think, is one of our greatest strengths. The fact that, like, I can look at how that feels for me mm-hmm. and relate it to how it feels for others who are in oppressive situations. Like, there's a superpower in that. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's why, like, when I talk about privilege, I use the card deck metaphor a lot or as privilege is a deck of cards like you don't either you're dealt a handful of privilege cards so you might have economic privilege white privilege you might have male privilege you might have but then you might not have intellectual privilege you know you maybe didn't get that or you didn't get you're not able heteronormative right exactly so or cis whatever right so you're you're missing out on so you have some and you don't have others and there's an interplay that goes on and then you're always in a conversation with someone who also has some and doesn't have others. So some they might have a couple that you don't have, you know, and you're you're doing a dance trying to navigate all those and figure out where where you need to listen and where you also need to speak, you know? Like there yeah. are different there's a difference in places and um you know, it's nuanced. It's it's not black and white. It's not simple. It's complicated. Um, but I think once you start, once you can connect to how you feel about the places where you certainly have experienced a lack of privilege, then it becomes a heck of a lot easier to recognize where you do have privilege yeah. and to start to really navigate those conversations and listen um so in a way like i think it's a gift i think that yeah i think that absolutely that empathy is really a gift yeah Um, i mean i can only speak um in terms of 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 how i've come to understand my sexual identity in the world mm -hmm. and how that because that's that's like the one card i you know didn't get i guess if we're talking about the that privilege deck um i mean we didn't we weren't like uber rich either like so there's other things but like um yeah, I I absolutely 100% agree that there's a gift in it. Uh, and not that it is a gift to um live under oppression, like that's no, not what I'm saying. Certainly not. <laughs> at all. Um but there is a way to uncover some beautiful uh understanding about the world, about yourself, and certainly about other people that, I mean, you just, like, the word empathy totally encapsulates it. Um, yeah. I can walk around in the world, and while I might not understand what it's like to be a victim of sexual assault, um, or a woman, um, I can empathize, especially when I hear the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to a stand-up show where the comic is talking about her experience with sexual assault, um, and then and then she talks about the person who kind of stood in the gap for her, right? Like there is there's a way to be that person, um, whether it's I, you know sometimes physically with your body, like protecting a person. Um, who can't do that for themselves in a given situation to uh, your voice, mm-hmm. speaking on behalf of people who um, can't, or better yet, uh, your platform, like seeding your voice so that someone else can speak in that space. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I, yeah, I, I, I want there, <laughs> I want to, um, I'm compelled as an individual to like lean, lean toward hope and find, find the place where, uh, we can point out actual actionable steps, um, and things that we can do to make it better. Um, I think, I'm, I, I think you have like Ta-Nehisi Coates who, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm, like, I absolutely love all of his work. Um, and he like sits on the stage with Colbert and Colbert looks at him and is like, uh, so what hope can you offer us? And he just looks at him. He's like, that's not my job. Right. <laughs> like, Your freaking hope yeah, I don't great. have that for you. Like, I don't, I'm not going to do that, uh, that work for you. Um, that is a piece of the work that I would like to do just as a human being, like individually, like something that I want to find. Try to find so, hope. I mean, yeah, like that's, yeah. that's why heathen, right? That's why these conversations, that's why why bother at all is because I want to get to a place where there's hope for uh, to progress, to make the, make things better, to make the experience for human beings more equitable and man, to make it safe yeah. for people. I, I want more people to know what it's like to walk around as a, you know, six one 250 pound white dude in the world because i feel very safe all <laughs> of the time go down dark alleys and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And like it's so, and, it's so yeah nice. it's i i don't i don't feel unsafe almost ever like mm-hmm. even 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 in situations where i'm you know holding my boyfriend's hand or i'm like decked out in queer gear and it's you know obvious like where i fall on that spectrum like i don't often feel unsafe i i i just because I have the the privilege of a body that not a lot of people are going to want to take on. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually have a lot of that, too, because even though I am a woman, I'm a larger woman. I'm a six-foot woman, and then if I wear heels, I'm a six-foot-three <laughs> woman. And so I, I do definitely... Like, I walk through with significantly less fear than someone who is physically very small because I'm not a, I'm not an easily identified target. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Like from a physical standpoint like you can yell at me you can tell me that you can sneak in a touch or whatever but like I'm not the easiest person in the room to grab and pull somewhere um so I've gotten away with I've gotten away with having a little bit of relief from that fear because I know that I am not the 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 easy target gazelle you know (laughs) I'm I'm a I'm a relatively like I am relatively safe. Yeah. Um, Man, I just can't get over how, like, why, if you have that experience in the world of knowing what it's like to just walk around and feel safe. Yeah. Why on earth would you not want that? Want to give that to other people. Other people. And want to, like, do everything that you can to make sure that you are not making people feel unsafe. Yeah. Like that, and that's the, I mean, that comes back to the whole, like when you're used to privilege, equality feels like oppression and the whole thing. And like, um, because it requires people to just to, to have to think about it. So it requires you as somebody who has that feeling of safety to, instead of just going about life, enjoying your feeling of safety, to have to think about the fact that other people don't have that feeling of safety. And that's why, like when we talk about hope, empathy for me is the entirety of hope. Like empathy is... I used to have a sticker on my phone that said make America empathetic again because <laughs> I'm super cool. Um, <laughs> not nerdy at all. I love it. Um, but like I think 100% honestly, I mean this is a pretty – I'm going to regret saying this because I, you should never say that you think that 100% of something. But really I think like the key is if we can just – get over our own feelings and and get to a place where we're not centering around our experience and what something is costing us or how tired we are how nice, and you can actually lend your heart to the experience of someone else when you can just sit in and feel and trust and believe and just hold space for someone else's experience when yeah. you can enter it emotionally when it means something to you when you can feel it you cannot walk away from those conversations unchanged. When you really listen, when you let yourself feel it, when you let yourself, I mean, it's putting yourself in someone else's shoes and walking a mile, yeah. right? 
but and, like and it's it's so hard i i do understand to a degree like why that is so hard to get to because i've said this before on the podcast like i would not be if i weren't queer mm-hmm. i would not i think i would be part of the system still sure. i think i would be part of it yeah uh, i mean i don't know maybe hopefully not like hopefully i would still have encountered the same people and my eyes would have been open through through that empathy through that story of empathy but right. but i would have been a hell of a lot harder for me to get there than it was um coming to terms with my sexual identity and recognizing how outside of the norm i was right we have to yeah 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 so so if you don't have that <laughs> if you if your deck is just, you know, fully stacked in your favor and you don't have a card that you have to hide, like, you yeah. You can avoid ever having to have you that You can avoid it. And then you really have to make an intentional choice to step mm-hmm. into it. Like, you have to, you have to buy in, which is, I have a lot of respect then for people who do that. Like, yeah. I do really have respect for people who could avoid doing the work and decide to do it anyway. Like, yeah. that's a, that's a world-changing thing. That's a good thing we talk yeah. a lot about you know whatever what people are doing wrong but in this conversation like willingly stepping into that work being willing to look at it being willing to have the hard conversations being willing to shut up and listen and learn and mm. um when you could avoid it yeah like that's that's the thing that's the thing that that all of the hope is there you know like yeah. we can just get cr- a critical mass amount of people <laughs> we Come just on. Get enough people to be willing to sit in that place like that I think there is a hope for that but it's it all boils down to empathy like yeah it just, does that's you the know part I, of it. I, yeah I don't I also don't mean to reduce like you know the scapegoat of the cis white male uh, white straight male down to like oh well you've got the, the deck fully stacked in your favor um, because as I think about some of the people I know who have done that done that work and yeah. fall under those categories of, you know, on the outside, the way it looks, the, their deck looks pretty darn good, right? Right. Um, like, they have their own stories. There's something there. Yeah, sure. there's, to- there's yeah. always something that you can, something in your own experience that you can draw from and, and recognize, oh, like, this is where I felt like the odd man out, or this is the thing that, you know, I, I've always struggled with in my... Um, my relating to other people, my the way I walk around in the world. Um, so, yeah, it's not to say that there's just like these five categories of like whatever no. gender and skin color and 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 that kind of thing. Like, well, most people have experienced fear at some point, and yeah. they're, you know, most of us have experienced fear. Most of us have experienced loss. Most of us have at some point in some way. And the magic trick is then being able to say, okay, this instance where I felt this feeling, like, let me think about what it would feel like to feel that on a daily basis. Let me think about what it would feel like to feel that all the time. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always, a, there's always a place. That's the, the beauty of whatever it is that connects us. Like, we'd have the ability to empathize unless there's a pathological reason why a person lacks yeah. empathy, which yeah. also is a thing. But we have the ability to enter into each other's experiences emotionally. We have the ability to do that. Even when we, we can't fully understand or we can't Im- fully embody another person's experience, we have these beautifully interlocked, connected emotional experiences that allow us to step into that space with yeah. each other. It's just showing up for it and like being able to put your feelings aside for a second and to totally be in someone else's and I don't know I believe in that I really do I really do I don't think it's simple or easy or (laughs) anything that will happen quickly but I do believe in it on a person-to-person basis I really believe I believe in the power of that relationship you're here I do too it's a thing. It is real. It is real. I, I just have to, I like, I think about the, when you, like, in, in thinking about how to challenge the the idea of somebody who says, oh, like, you know, privilege isn't a thing or whatever. Um, you know, we all have the same opportunities and it's, you know, independent. Pull yourself up by your yeah, bootstraps. that whole right. um, ideology. Like, why then does why then is there a narrative that uh for the 
heterosexual straight man to like swoop in and save people like what is that like that <laughs> that <laughs> or, or or to you know are to we gonna per- talk about the greatest showman again <laughs> oh god i'm here for it <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah we've done that <laughs> um, go to your room <laughs> no but just in general like that is that's the common narrative through right. so much of our of our storytelling like like and in and, and not our storytelling but how we live like Dudes, straight dudes who get married and have kids, like, talk about their role in terms of being a protector and a and a provider. Yeah. And why, if 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 what you're saying is true, that like we all have the same opportunities and experiences and privilege isn't a real thing, and then why, you know, why? And I know that you know in the evangelical church, it's it's the whole complementarian versus because of the Lord. Yeah, right. Like we Who all have different we we have different roles. Yeah, right. like, exactly. Like there's different ugh cuz God is has a dick. Yeah, please. Gross. Um <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> we <laughs> Gross. Hold on, I've got a story for this. Um we we uh, where were we? I don't remember. I don't remember where we were. We went to some Christmas service, Christmas Eve service or Easter service somewhere when I was, I don't know, in college, but I was with my parents and um, there was a choir and the choir was singing a song called The Rod of God. (laughs) (laughs) The Rod of God. And my father and I like could not keep our shit together. (laughs) And my mother is like, you all have to stop. Like this is inappropriate. And we're just like, we're 12. We can't. The rod of God. It's very God. funny. No one it's else seems to understand so that it's, this is perfect material. Um, so anyway, I give to you the <laughs> rod of God Thank for you, you to enjoy. Thank you for um, that. From now on. It's really great. Ooh. We'll have to look that up. Who even, what song, I'm a songwriter, okay? How do these things get past? What fucking songwriters out there thinking, yeah, I need a good metaphor for how for how the Lord guides me. I think it comes probably straight out of a Bible passage. There's I'm sure there's it gotta does. be a Bible passage the shepherd like, and, and the rod, the rod of staff. God and yeah. blah 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 blah. Oh and it rhymes, so it'll be I can make a song. It's catchy. Rod and God, they rhyme. Yeah. That's it. That was it. That was there was it was a hard service to get through. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I don't think God has a dick. I think that, that <laughs> I think that's off the table for let's, possibilities. Let's just, for the record. <laughs> for the record, privilege is a thing. Yes. God does not have a penis. Amen. Um, anything else we would like to declare? Mm. Cameron Esposito is fucking phenomenal. She's a freaking queen. Um, Slash we are king, like. I- at Disneyland, right this like this moment, we're <gasps> passing Disneyland. If I still had a Disney pass, I would make you pull off. And it's closed, go. Karen. Disneyland? Don't you think it's closed? Th- oh, it's Thursday at ten. It probably well, California Adventure is definitely closed. Disneyland might still be open. Oh, Disneyland really? might be open till midnight on because it's Thursday, like... Friday, Saturday. Okay, okay. Um, well, I I don't have a pass, and I don't think I have like one hundred and eighty dollars either. Either, to and spend I right now, for so. sure do not have one hundred eighty dollars. <laughs> um, however, if people would like to sponsor us on Patreon, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/HeathenPodcast. Did you know that there's a way that you can support creatives online? You can. Um, anyway, Disneyland. Yeah. I just got really excited. Um, yeah, Cameron Esposito's great. I feel like I had something else really just important and profound to say, and I don't <laughs> I don't know what it was. Um, well, the good news is this podcast is weekly, so... Oh! When it comes back to you... Gosh, that's such a relief. And sexisodes are going to be ongoing. Sexisodes. So. And, like, for the record, this was a heavy place to start this conversation. It really Obviously, is. talking about Me Too movement, talking about assault, talking about all of these things, which we'll put a big fat trigger warning on the front of this one, too. 100%. Um, but when we get into these sexisodes, we're going to talk about some stuff that is fun. Because I think part of the problem for evangelicals and post-evangelicals is that sex is not allowed to be fun. Yeah. And I think really often for women it takes us a long time to get into the whole place of like, oh, pleasure is a word I can use in my life. Um, yeah. And so Hey, I, for this for this 
this person with a penis as well. So yeah. I'm sure there's other men out there who absolutely have that same issue. Okay, so great. So I think for me, one of my objectives coming to these sex episodes is I would like to talk about sex being good and fun and like what's good yeah sex is good what's sex good, good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like I think and so we're gonna talk about some fun stuff like we're gonna bring in some experts who are real good at this sort of thing know, I'm actually really excited because like some of the people have like games they play yeah. and and things like that so yeah we've got be interesting games we've got we're, we're gonna talk about toys at some point Woo! we're gonna talk about kink we're gonna talk about quirks we're gonna talk about whatever we're gonna we're gonna bring it all out and um, all the holes all, all the holes. <laughs> Every one of them. We're going to talk about them all individually. All the holes in the body. Tune in. <laughs> so we discuss each individual orifice. Uh, it's going to be spectacular. No, but really, like, yes. these will be fun. They'll be goofy. You will get to hear they us be, be heavy. squirmy and embarrassed, I'm sure, yeah. uh, multiple times. We're going to have to teach Matthew the difference between the uvula and the vulva. <laughs> so that's going to be a big deal. Karen, don't tell my secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you My secrets that. I already said on the you podcast. You revealed that many weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a good one. But anyway, all of which to say, <laughs> uh, stay tuned. Some of this will be heavy. Yeah. Some of it's going to be really fun. And hopefully we all kind of come out at least on the other side where we're like, well, we know something we didn't know before. We just, feel a little less weird. Just a little more ready to fuck. A little more down to fuck. <laughs> a little more DTF. DTF. <laughs> uh, Can that be the title of this of this episode? A little more DTF. Heathen. Down to fuck. <laughs> um, this, this is why we're here, folks. This is a service we provide for you. Uh, um, it's beautiful. And really for our, ourselves. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, also this is your opportunity if you would like to have some input on where we go with these, yeah. we're still pretty loose. We've got some people booked, but you know we don't have conversations scripted, so we can bring up your questions. We can bring up your concerns. Oh, we can please bring up that, send that, questions. That weird, strange, freaky thing that you're afraid to tell people about. Like we're a safe place. Yeah. You can be anonymous. Shoot us a message. Let us know. I'm gonna really regret opening that up. <laughs> I guarantee you. Yeah, As I'm saying them. this, I'm like, oh shit. I'm gonna. <laughs> some, do not send dick pics. Yeah, oh, God, under no. any circumstances just never just don't unless yeah. you're un, unless it is specifically asked of you don't ever do that yeah um that's just common freaking sense right. people that said if you have anything that you would like us to get into on this like cool bring it on let's do it be great it'd be great if we weren't the only ones being vulnerable frankly yeah um so ways to do that heathen huddle Heathen Huddle on Facebook. Ask to be added to the Heathen Huddle. Send us your email address. We'll add you. Yep. Or just bug us if we're already your Facebook friends. Yep. It's very easy. Um, and email. You can always email us. Askheathen at gmail.com. Yep. Um, support us on Patreon. That's not really a way to communicate, but <laughs> It's hell. a way to communicate your love. Yeah. Plus, let's be real. We're more likely to listen to you. Uh, <laughs> That's not true. Money can't we buy you, you love. <laughs> Until it can. We love you. We love you whether you give us $3 a month or not. This is um, so true. We just really have done a poor job of talking about this. So now you're getting the hard sell, kids. Um, other ways to reach out. I mean, you can call us. We. You can send the snail mail letter. Karen oh, actually please. gave out an address to yeah. someone. Please send me a letter. So. I don't have a letter yet. By the way. I don't have a letter yet. No. You, I, you know who, you, you know, know who, who you, you are, are out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. There's not a letter. There's not a letter here. Okay. So plenty of ways to get in touch with us. Please do. Throw us your anonymous questions. If you could figure out how to anonymously send us an email, go for it. I guess you just have to create a, another email address. Yeah. Or like use your email address that you use to sign up for all of the spam mail or whatever. Right. Everybody has one of those, right? I have one of those. Yeah. But also know that like we take confidentiality. Oh, for sure. Really fucking seriously. You don't have to worry. No. So, I mean, you can send a thing and say, keep me anonymous and we will respect that 100%. So, um, that's fine. Cool. Yeah. Um, we love you, heathens. We really do. This is so fun. It's like my favorite thing. So what recording podcast in the car? Recording? Well, maybe not in the car. I think let's <laughs> I think let's not do this for a while again. But <laughs> but it has it's been it's been kind of fun. Yeah, I mean it's and we're still alive. We made it. We lived. 
Hopefully so. we make it all the way home. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to go. We just finished. Oh. Matthew Blake, you just finished recording a podcast in a car. What are you going to do next? <laughs> well, not go to Disneyland because we just passed it. God damn it. Sorry. Thanks for listening to Heathen. We're here every week. And in the meantime, if you miss us, you can find us in the following ways. Follow at Heathen Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us an email at askheathen at gmail.com, especially if you have feedback or ideas for future episodes. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and that helps other people find Heathen. And if you'd like to contribute to this community for people who need a soft place to land as they move away from bad religion, you can support Heathen on Patreon at patreon.com slash heathen podcast well thank you for your support with exclusive bonus content which you know is going to be freaking awesome wherever you find yourself in this space of godless spirituality spiritual godlessness or anywhere in between you're not alone we're glad you're here here's to the heathens <laughs>